0: all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Seed DSO-1 is a daily symbiotic, which is a probiotic and prebiotic, formulated to provide benefits for gut immune function and whole body health. I take it every morning before I eat. Which is when it works the best. And I have noticed a big difference in my digestion, regularity, and even my skin. It's nice that this benefit comes in a small package that needs no refrigeration and really is just a couple of simple, small pills. You also get this cool little travel vial in case you're traveling, so you don't have to stuff a bunch of loose pills in your pocket, which is nice. It's also nice that this product is so rigorously tested from a scientific perspective, which makes seeds probiotic research, development, and innovation programs a lot more trustworthy. So trust your gut health to Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com forward slash practical and use code 25practical To get 25% off of your first month. That's 25% off of your first month of Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com forward slash practical with the code 25 practical. Hello, and welcome back to Practical Stoicism. I'm your host, Tanner Campbell. And if you'd like to get rid of ads, you can do that for $6 a month over at stoicism.supercast.com. You don't have to switch the app. You listen to this podcast in already. You can use the same app. It's really easy, very straightforward, stoicism.supercast.com. Also, if you missed it at the tail end of my conversation with Eric earlier this week, I have launched a Practical Stoicism merch store, which I will be honest, I never thought I would do, after being encouraged by some of you to do so. There are Prokoptan hats, t-shirts, and hoodies, as well as Cynic and Stoic mugs and gaming mouse pads. I'm actually particularly proud of the gaming mouse pads. I think they're quite funny. I got a little help from the Discord community in coming up with those mouse pads, especially from Marty. Marty, thank you. And I think that you'll enjoy those. I find them to be pretty funny, and I won't tell you what they say, but there's a Cynic one and a Stoic one, and I think you should go look at them. There are always links to the things I talk about in these little intros, like the store and the community in the show notes of every episode. So go to store.stoicismpod.com and see if anything there tickles your fancy. You might want to buy a shirt or a hoodie or a very funny mouse pad. With that, let's jump into meditation number 27 from book 4, which reads as follows. Either it is a well-arranged universe, or a chaos huddled together, but still a universe. But can a certain order subsist in thee, and disorder in thee all? And this, too, when all things are so separated and diffused and sympathetic? This one was a little bit too archaic in its language. This is, of course, from George Long, so it's from the late 1800s. So let's look at Gregory Hayes' translation, which is an ordered world or a mishmash, but still an order. Can there be an order within you and not in everything else? In things so different, so dispersed, so intertwined? Marcus is basically challenging us a bit here as to whether or not we think the universe is organized or straight chaotic. He's saying, okay, fine, maybe it's all chaos. But that's kind of hard to accept given that everything seems so ordered and harmonious down here on the ground where the rubber meets the road. And look at you, I mean, your whole body is pretty ordered and all these animals too. Seems like we're all nice little wrapped up and contained systems that seem pretty orderly. And if that's the case for us, do you think that's probably the case also for the universe? I mean, if we're this ordered and functional, what makes you think the universe isn't? And this meditation is specifically saying to we atheists, hey, you think it's all chance and luck and chaos out there? Seems kind of strange given all of science's theories and all of mathematics' equations. Seems like everything is pretty ordered as far as we can tell. Maybe all of it is. Honestly, this is more and more interesting to me. Remember the other day when I talked about the second law of thermodynamics and the law for the conservation of matter? How the universe has a fixed amount of energy and a fixed amount of matter, and all either can do is change forms? That means all those gametes in your downstairs area are part of that never changing balance of energy and matter. So if you had 17 kids, All the energy it takes to make them, for them to grow and mature, all of that is part of this fixed balance. And the more I think about that kind of thing, the more mind-blowing it is, really. Because you can't maintain a balance within a closed system if there's not an order to that system, right? You can't keep something like that in check if everything was actually chaotic and haphazard. There'd have to be something keeping it all in check, right? And another thing that's interesting to me, And I got this while I was watching a documentary the other day on Netflix. It was about the idea of infinity. And infinity, to me, is this really absurd idea that exists in math, but not in reality. You know Zeno's paradox, right? That before you can get all the way to the finish line of a race, you have to go halfway. And before you can go all the way to halfway, you have to go halfway to halfway. And this repeats and repeats an infinite amount of times, such that it suggests you can never actually get anywhere. But this is kind of stupid. Right. Because when you run a race, you do reach the finish line eventually. Think even of this podcast episode before you can listen to a minute of it. You have to listen to 30 seconds of it. But before you can listen to 30 seconds of it, you have to listen to 15 seconds of it. And technically, before you can listen to one nanosecond of it, you have to listen to half a nanosecond of it and so on and so forth. And yet here you are listening without falling into some theoretical hole of infinity. I think the same is probably true of space. I don't think there's such a thing as an infinite universe, and the fact that space is expanding seems to at least suggest there's room outside of space for it to expand into. I think space is probably something like a semi-sealed, edgeless, donut-shaped expanse. Mathematicians call that shape a Tauros, but regular people like you and me would call it donut-shaped. No doubt it is big, bigger, I think, than anyone's brain can really conceive of, which is probably why we need math to describe its immensity. But I don't think it's infinite. And most science philosophers don't believe it's infinite either. And importantly, it's also unprovable since we can only measure things within our own universe. So if there's an outside to our universe, we'll never know it because we can't observe what's on the outside of the universe we're contained in. But all that chaos out there, or what we see as chaos, seems really to be abiding by some pretty specific rules that science and mathematics have worked out in various theorems and equations. And it seems like those two fields would be a lot less reliable in their theories if everything was truly chaotic. For example, could consistent, reliable, dependable, measurable, predictable, quantifiable gravity as a force and a concept exist in a truly chaotic cosmos? And this isn't a case for a supernatural god, or even for the non-supernatural being the Stoics called God, but it does seem to at least be a case for the fact that the universe seems to have a system, and that system seems pretty reliable, such that we can predict it really well. Not to mention, it is a system that gave rise to the various processes that created the earth, and you, and me, and this baby puppy dog that is sitting in my lap as I record this. I don't think the Stoics would have said there was an organizer, capital O, a being who snapped his or her fingers or its fingers and said, let there be light, and then immediately started concerning itself with how human beings were behaving. But I am certain they would have said there was an organizing, lowercase o, element of the universe and that it resulted in everything we see and have and are. So Marcus is challenging us. Are you sure you don't believe in the Stoic God? Because it's not the same as any other God you've heard of. In fact, in modern times, maybe calling it a God is not even useful. From Marcus's point of view, when you think about it, it seems pretty unlikely that this concept of God doesn't exist. And to me, it's seeming more and more that way. The more I muddle over things and continue to work on my Stoic practice— the more I'm kind of becoming accepting of this idea that it's not the God I'm used to and maybe not even worth, as I said, calling God. And I'm wondering how you feel the more we talk about things like this. Do you feel yourself thinking differently about quote-unquote God, little g, when presented with the Stoics idea of it, which is, simply put, nature and an orderly cosmos? Drop into the community and let me know what you think. You can join it from the show notes of any episode if you're not already a member. It's free, and I hope I'll see you in there with some interesting takes. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode of Practical Stoicism. I appreciate you being here. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, just go ahead and hit follow or subscribe in whatever app you're currently using to listen. That way you'll find out every time a new episode drops, which is every day. And if you've got a minute and you're enjoying the show, consider leaving it a review wherever you can. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Practical Stoicism. And until next time, take care.